Hey, 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 this is Mary at Mary Unapologetic. It's been two weeks, folks, and I'm here today with my guest. It's Michelle Fox. Michelle, you're on. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, um, I know you just came back from your massage, so I hope you're uh, relaxed and ready for a second round of this. <laughs> I am. Take two. <laughs> Take two, yeah. Well, let me tell you a funny story, folks. Um, earlier today we recorded, but I was all um, distracted and I have a lot of things in my mind. I pressed the wrong button. So for a whole hour, we recorded, you know, we were recording. I thought that we were recording, but apparently it wasn't recording. (laughs) (laughs) And Michelle Fox here is such a trooper. She said, okay, let's do it again. And I'm like, yes, we can't recreate what we did, but it's pretty much the same thing, right? It's going to be the same. We got it. Yeah, the (laughs) same questions. Um, I just want to introduce you, okay? Um, Michelle Fox is actually married to Cole Fox. They are in Colorado, Greeley, Colorado, as a matter of fact. And they have a body shop. I actually met them when they came over here for the first time. I think that was, what, four or five years ago for the Mega Media event? Yep. And then last year, they offered us their facility. And that was, you know, that was awesome because the facility was uh, new and it was nice. And we're really, really thankful for offering your place, Michelle, for our um, Mega Media last year. So I kind of had a glimpse of what the shop or how the shop runs. And that's why I decided to bring you on today. Do you want to tell us about um, your shop and your business? For sure. Um, So we have Northern Colorado Auto Reconditioning in Greeley, and we are a full-service auto body shop. Um, And then, of course, we also offer paintless dent repair, hail repair, um, window tint, clear bra, ceramic coatings. Um, We kind of do everything cosmetic-wise, interior and exterior. Mm -hmm. And you guys have a detail service, too, that you offer, right? We do. We have a detail shop and we're about four blocks away from each other. So we do work together a lot, but we are separate. Um, but yeah, we, we can do it all. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, the thing that I like about your shop is that when I first actually saw it, when we got there, we got there earlier before everybody else. And the minute I walk in there, I was like, wow, this is a nice shop. You know, everything is organized. And the people that works at the front desk, you know, the front office, really, they're really, really friendly. So it's the kind of shop that I want to walk into or business that I want to walk into. So I would feel like comfortable and welcome. And the way it was set up, you know, everything is like spotless clean, too. That's what I noticed, Michelle. I'm like, hmm, who's cleaning this place? I think I can see your little touch in there. (laughs) Yeah. And the, and the thing that I was impressed about is that, you know, how organized the whole thing was, even though it's so, you know, for me, I think it's big because it's a full on body shop. And then on the, you know, the other building that you guys have, you have a detailing service that you offer. So it's like, you know, you're offering all these services. It's like, I, I call it auto reconditioning. I think the reason why I'm calling it auto reconditioning is that when Mike and I started in uh, 01, he wanted something like like an auto reconditioning, you know, that 
basically offer PDR, bumper repair, you know, minor scratch um, repair for bumpers, as well as um, minor scratch on the panel, and then windshield, you know, window tinting, all that stuff. So that's why in my head, you know, I look at it as an auto reconditioning. But um, can you tell us how you guys started this? Sure. Um, so Cole started his PDR career in 1999. Um, and then we kind he kind of did the travel thing with Hale for many, many years and worked for a lot of bigger companies, kind of gained uh, a lot of uh, experience in his craft and kind of got really good at what he does. Um, he always wanted to have a shop, a local shop. Um, so he did start a local, uh, PDR route at some of our wholesale dealerships around town. Um, and then in 2014 is when we opened up our physical brick and mortar location and we slowly started adding different services. Um, we started with doing small bumper repairs like you did, you guys did, mm -hmm. um, kind of turned into bigger and bigger jobs as we kind of went. Um, and then we started doing window tint and auto detailing and clear bra and just kind of added things as we felt like, like we were ready to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys started uh, offering the ceramic too, right? Because I saw, you know, sometimes I would see it on your um, marketing advertising out there that you guys are offering this service. I, The only reason why I'm mentioning this is because um, I haven't, you know, Mike and I got this new car and we actually put it on our car and it's like the best thing in the world. Yes, we love it. So we did inter introduce ceramic coating about maybe about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. into our detail our detail shop and um that service is really blown up it is it is awesome people are loving it and my guys that um do the paint correction and install it they just love doing it so that's been a really really good service that we've added and it's not a difficult thing to learn um if you know how to do a paint correction on a vehicle um applying the coating is actually pretty simple as long as you have the the skill to get it prepped and ready is there like a in demand of that kind of service in your area? Um, I wouldn't say a super high demand. It is kind of a costly item. So it is kind of something more of a luxury item that uh, a lot of people can't afford. We try to do um, different packages to make it more affordable for everybody. Um, but we definitely have seen an increase here lately um, in the amount of demand and people interested in ceramic coatings for sure. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, um, Michelle, um, how many people works for you or how many employees? And I think you don't have any independent contractor, right? So the only time we use an independent contractor is when we have an excess of hail, um, which here recently we've had, uh, a little bit of hail. Um, so we do have one subcontractor working for us at the moment. And then we have 16, full-time employees, um, between the body shop and the detail shop. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, so this, uh, I think 16, that's like big, you know, big team. It's a big team to manage. Yeah. And, <laughs> We're small, but it still feels like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, that's a big team. So, you know, you have to be highly, highly organized to be running a show or, I mean, running a shop. I call it a show because it's like, you know, <laughs> hey, this is my show, you know, right? <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> yeah, 
to be running a company like that, especially in our, you know, in our kind of industry, that's like 16 people. So you're basically managing the body shop and then there's the detail uh, part of it. And then, you know, there's, there's so many services that you guys offer. That's why I was like impressed. And I'm like, wow, you know, to be, to be actually managing it, running it and going as smooth as it was when I was there, I was like really impressed. That's why you, you guys, I think left a lasting impression on me. That's why I was like, oh, I got to get, uh, you know, Michelle and call in my podcast. And this was last year before I even like, you know, started my podcast again, because for a while I was like doorman and then I decided to do it again. <laughs> it was well, like, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a lot of work and we got a lot of stuff on our plate, but we try to just take one, you know, one thing at a time and try to, you know, like you said, stay organized and stay efficient and just make sure everybody's happy and, you know, loving what they're doing. I feel like we've been blessed with a lot of really good um, employees that have been with us for a really long time throughout the throughout the process. It's not always been easy, but I feel like uh, we improve and try to get better and better, you know, every day. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, you said it, that's the key word. You want to try to improve better and better, and then you just learn from your mistake. So, who, sure. so who does the hiring? Are you, are, are you doing the hiring or Cole? I am primary hire right now. <laughs> yep, I I do all of that. I you know do all the interviews and um, I do a lot of the hiring. Yep. Uh huh. Um, does Cole take part of it, or is it just mostly you and then calls on the other end of you know, the other side? Yeah, it depends on the position. Honestly, if I'm just hiring a detailer or somebody like that, I just kind of um, take that control. But if it's somebody more of a managerial uh, position mm -hmm. or somebody that's going to be, you know, um, in a higher up position, it is definitely something that we, you know, work together on to make sure it's going to be a good fit for us. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm sensing here that um, Cole basically trusted you to do the bigger part of um, making decision as far as business, you know what I mean? Like he, like yeah. he has faith in you that, Hey, you can handle this job, right? Yes. Me and Cole try to definitely let each other work with our strengths. And I feel like that is something that is more of my strength and, you know, him doing the repairs and working in the back with the guys and stuff like that is something that is more his strength. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing too. I think that, you know, I have my strength and then I have my weakness and it complements with, you know, with Mike. So mm -hmm. basically his weakness is my strength and vice versa. So that's why it works, you know, it works well. And, exactly. and yeah, and it's one of those things that I kind of like saw us in you guys. So when I went to your shop and saw how the business is run, I was like, oh, okay, this dude got their, I was going to say a bad word got their stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try really, really hard. So. <laughs> okay. Normally, I would like be in the conversation and stop myself and I can't, you know, I'm like, should I say that bad word? No. no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, that's what I like about you too, because um, he's got his role in the business and you have your role. And then at the same time, I think you have an eye for hiring the right people to work for you. Like Alessa, yeah. you know, Alessa, gosh, I mm -hmm. hope I pronounced that right. 
Alyssa. Yeah, you're good, Alyssa. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's really, she's really good at the front office, and that's one of the things that I noticed about it when I was there. And I even told her, I said, "Wow, you're you're really good on the phone. You know how you know you're articulate about handling customer service stuff, as mm-hmm. well as she's just like um, I, I can see a little bit of driven, but I could be wrong. You know, she's kind of driven, but then at the same time, you know, she's like motivates herself." You don't have yeah, to like tell her sure. what to do, right? And no, she definitely takes initiative and she knows what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. she knows, you know, the kind of customer service that I want to have. And I mean, she does a really, really good job. I honestly couldn't do it without her. She's kind of my right hand gal right now. Yeah. And it's hard to find those uh, right hand gal or right hand person, is. you know, mm-hmm. it yeah. really is because it has to be like the right um person you know in the right match Mm -hmm. so um let's see here we're talking about being organized being efficient and then the teamwork i kind of noticed that you know you guys also it's big on teamwork like as you know the only reason why i'm saying this is uh because when i think there was a you know like a situation where you needed to move the hood the freshly painted hood and you couldn't find one of the guys or any guys, mm-hmm. you know, around you, but you needed to move that stuff or that, mm-hmm. that hood because something needs to be put in there. So you basically just said, Hey, Alyssa, come and help me. Let's move this to that corner because that other hood that's being painted in the, you know, the paint booth right now is going to come this way. And she basically just went there. <laughs> went to you yeah. picked up the picked up the hood with her heels she's wearing the heels and i'm like do you guys need help <laughs> and then you just moved it that's what i you know that's what i like about it so uh, tell me about the teamwork is this something that you emphasize in the you know in the company or this is just there's no way it's just been understood i mean it's got to be some kind of a emphasis on that For sure. I mean, I definitely try to get everybody to work as a team. And if it needs done, just get it done. I don't care if you're wearing heels and you look nice. If it needs done, you just need to, you know, get in there and get it done. And I'm really lucky that Alyssa, you know, is willing to, you know, step in and and do stuff like that when she's needed to. And it goes back to the back of the shop, too. I just want everybody to have each other's back and everybody is there to help, you know, uh, be part of the process because none of it works without, you know, the right people in place. So um, I feel like everybody definitely steps up and does what they need to do, even if that's not their job, you know, they still, you know, want to see everybody else um, succeed. And if somebody's struggling, definitely they'll step in to, to help, you know. Uh huh. I like that. Yes. And also, uh, I like the fact that you guys have meetings, isn't it? Like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was like every morning you guys have meetings, right? Or no? We do. Yep. Okay. Every morning, every morning we meet um, first thing in the morning and we go over the day, what we have coming in, what we have going out. Um, just kind of where everything's at in the process and kind of a plan for our day. And, you know, and then the next morning we kind of talk about what happened, you know, and make sure that we're on track and, and, and everything's getting done efficiently and and that we're all on the same page. Yeah, I think it's important because, um, you know, to have those meetings. I've worked in so many different jobs in the past, um, you know, like healthcare, you know, 
regular small company and big company, even like a, an executive to, you know, like a, a executive assistant to a CEO. I think the companies that I've seen that's really successful, that their days go by really smoothly are the ones that's very organized and the ones that usually hold meetings. And the reason being is because it's, you know, you're always communicating. So when you're communicating, then everyone's on the same page, right? And then, yep, exactly. yeah, and then not only that, if there's a problem, then you guys are collaborating as to how to solve that problem. So it, it gets addressed in the meeting, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think communication is a very important part of running a business. And I'm all, f- yeah, and I'm all for that. Also, the, uh, the other thing that I want to mention is that because you were talking about different departments, um, what do you think about the departments? You know what I mean? I mean, do you feel like one is better than the other? You know, everybody I feel has their strengths, um, and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely feel like we have a really, really good team of professionals that really care about, you know, what they do and their reputation. And, you know, um, I don't think that any one department is necessarily better than the other. I mean, we all have days where we struggle or, you know, we all have vehicles that are a challenge for us, but we try to, you know, gain knowledge and, you know, figure it out next time, you know, next time it'll go a little smoother. Um, you know, window tint and painting is definitely, um, something that takes time to perfect and time to be good at. And, uh, so it's definitely, you know, every day is, is something new. Um, yeah. I feel like I, I'm, we are really lucky that we have a really great team right now. Um, I feel like this is the strongest team that we've had in a while. So I'm, I'm really excited about the future and, and everybody's position position right now. Uh huh. Well, you know what, Michelle, that, that was, I think that answer you just gave is like really good because for me, you know, from what I've learned, you know, when you have a company is, you know, there's not one department better than the other. It's pretty much, for example, you know, for a company to run or a business to run, you have your marketing department, you have your HR department, which is, you know, the hiring and payroll and all that stuff. And then your management and then your, you know, the upper management, which is boss, right? Mm -hmm. Or the owner. So my thing is, if one of those, let's say, is uh, gone, let's say your, let's say your advertising, you know, or your your advertising or marketing department's not doing well or not performing well, or it's gone, the business is not going to thrive, or the business is not going to make it, or vice versa. Let's say your manager, your management, is you know, I would or uh, shall I say, your manager is not a good manager. You know, like there's always drama in, you know, in the company, there's always fighting that could happen. I've worked with those people before where my manager could be like, I don't know, unrealistic or it's Mm -hmm. one of those um, dictator persons just like trying to tell us and doesn't want to hear what we need to say or how we can better the, you know, the company. So Mm -hmm. if, if you have one of those manager, you were, you know, working for you then what's going to happen is that it's going to throw off the whole company because then now there's like problems within the organization and 
the the company is not going to thrive. So for me, it's like not one person is less important than the others. Everyone is important to make this, you know, to make the company, you know, be successful and run smooth. Right. Smooth. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah. So that's, 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 that's good. So see, that's, yep. I think that's why you guys are so successful because it's also part of it is you, you know, like the owner in this case, you know, upper management, you guys have this mentality that you support the people that works for you. So that way they can succeed at what they do. And then in the process, it's making your business successful. Yeah. Yep. I truly feel like if you um, give somebody a skill and you pay them well and you treat them well, that they will, they will treat you, you know, with respect in return. And that's what, makes the whole thing work it's definitely everybody is a piece a piece of the puzzle exactly it's like everyone's important yeah yeah and um i also like the fact that you know tell me if i'm getting it wrong that you're just one of those gal that i think it's gonna vibe with me because you're a a no-nonsense kind of gal and that's what i like about you you know you don't get caught up with the drama or with people fighting if anything you're like refereeing them you know trying to be the referee right yeah yeah I definitely uh don't put up with all the unnecessary drama we got a lot of of stuff on our plate and I just don't have time for that so my employees know that um we don't have time for that and you know we just need to treat everybody with respect and um we're all there to do a job not to you know have a bunch of drama and conflict so Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Not a lot of companies, you know, think like you guys or or us, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're I don't know what it is. Sometimes there's politics in the company, too. Like, oh, OK, someone is, uh, you know, much closer to the boss and the other. And then that's when you see like all this like fighting and bickering. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so I so, mean, like there's special treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Like special treatment or because like, you know, the person is, that you work for, you know, that's working for you is your friend. So that's mm-hmm. why for me, it's like the way I look at it is that um, when you hire someone, you know, it's basically like for me, I would say, hey, I know you. So our friendship should be outside this work, you know? So if it's work, it's work. And if it's friendship, then it's outside the work. Yeah. So that's what I, uh, that's why I'm like, I like the fact that you guys separate those two because I've seen it the way you guys run your company when we were there in, um, you know, last year in, was it October? I think it was October. Yeah, it was October. Yep. Yeah. So um, any funny stories that you uh, uh, come across with as far as, you know, customer service or customer complaints? Um, funny stories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I will tell you one thing that we have done over the years is definitely learn how to do really good, uh, check-ins, um, because I have learned that customers will try to pull a fast one on you. Um, We've had, you know, people will will literally do a door ding or something and now their stereo's not working or, um, 
you know, we did hail repair and the bumpers cracked and it's hanging off the car is clearly was a collision and it clearly was there before we did anything. So, um, just definitely taking good intake, um, documentation of prior damage and stuff like that to try to cover your, cover your butt when it comes to delivery time. But, um, I mean, I can't really think of any like funny stories or anything at the moment. <laughs> okay. Well, the only, well, the only reason why I'm saying, you know, saying this is because I've had that customer that called um, my partner for a bumper repair, and mm-hmm. basically, he feels like he needed a refund because he feels like he overpaid, and mm-hmm. so. I, I spoke to my partner and I said, well, tell me the story because I need to find out what happened before, you know, because I told them I'll handle it. I'm not giving that guy a refund. If we did the work and services rendered and we did a good job, why are we going to give a refund? Right. So I mm-hmm. knew he's trying to pull a fast one. So he gave me that like the lowdown of, you know, of what happened. And then I talked to my technician, did my, basically did my uh, research, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I called the customer and then pretty much I told um, the customer that we're not going to give him a refund. And he was kind of bum. He was like, uh, you know, I was quoted this amount. But then when your technician got here, it kind of like went up a little bit. And then I said to him, well, and, you know, politely explained to him why it went up. Well, it went up because the picture that he sent us wasn't all the picture for the repair he just sent us partial of what we want uh, what he want us to repair but then once my technician got there he wanted to fix the whole thing for that low you know for that low price or the original quote we gave him and then he was like saying well I still feel like that I should get some refund and I was like well how long ago was this he said like about a month ago and is there any problem with the repair he said no I said, okay, so are you happy with the service that you got from us? Yes. And then he went on and on about my technician that he, you know, that my technician did a good job. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> you just want a refund because you feel like that you got duped because the estimate changed from this estimate to that estimate, but you didn't, you know, you don't, you don't address or you don't acknowledge that maybe your repair is now bigger compared to what you originally sent us as far as the pictures and he mm-hmm. said yeah and I said I'm not giving <laughs> you a refund you know I'm not giving you a refund because for one then I had to explain it to him I'm like sir and I was very polite about it I said first of all your repair is bigger than what you actually told us or what you sent us as far as the pictures then second when my technician got there and realized that this is going to be a bigger repair than what we originally thought because we've only seen some of the rep- some of the damage not all of it then we changed the estimate and you know let him know about it we told him that hey it's changing because of this reason and so if you want us to fix the whole thing then obviously it's not going to be the low price anymore it's the price change right yeah yep and he agreed to it to it because he signed the invoice and then after my technician was done with the job he paid my technician didn't complain and we didn't hear from him for about a month then after a month 
I was like thinking, why is it take? Why did it take him a month to call me and say he wants a refund? You know, like the difference, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, and I just simply told him, this invoice is a contract. So if we ever go to court, I think the judge will like um, side with me because of this invoice as an evidence, which is a contract. It's not like we dupe you. You knew what you were you're getting into as far as the price and the fact that he was happy with the service. Yeah. Well, that basically, you know, shut him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we are the, we are mobile service. So basically what happened is that I think what the customers are expecting is that when we send a technician to their home, and then they decided they want to bargain, you know, bargain to lower the price. Mm-hmm. They're probably hoping like we're going to like work with them because my technician is already there. Yeah. Yeah. But we just don't give in. I mean, yeah. I think I think you guys don't have that problem because you guys have like a body shop where they go to you. Right. Yeah. We still get people that try to name their own price. I mean, we get the people that, you know, um, do the same thing, like agreed, agree to stuff and then have maybe a little bit of, uh, well, dang it, I should have tried to negotiate, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get a cheaper price. But I think as long as you do, you know, you're efficient and you guys documented exactly what you guys did and, you know, he signed it, um, you basically covered, you know, covered your, your butt. So he didn't really have a leg to stand on. So, yeah. 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 But what do you, you got, do you guys do a um, mobile PDR or, Usually you get them to come to your shop. So we don't do any of our service mobily. We will go out and do estimates mobily. Um, so we do a couple of uh, body shops here in town. We do their PDR work and we'll go out and do hail estimates to their location or if somebody, um, especially right now with COVID, mm-hmm. if somebody just doesn't want to come into the shop, we will set an appointment and we'll go do um, their estimate mobile. Mm-hmm. And take photos and and do all of that stuff mobile, so they don't have to come into the shop. Mm, okay. But all of our repairs are done done in the shop. So. Mm-hmm. And how do they do that? Do they drop off the car? I mean, because with the COVID, yep. it's supposed to be like you know less contact is better. So how do you guys do that? So we we have a couple of options. They can either drop off and use our key drop, mm-hmm. um, or we do offer pickup and delivery as long as you're within city limits. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. and what is that city limits for you? Is it like 10 miles radius or 15 um, miles? We just do anybody that's in Greeley or Evans, which is just a really other small town that's that's right like um, next to us. So I would say it's probably a, about 20 mile radius all the way around town. We're oh. not a huge town, but um, it you can get from one end of town to the other in 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So. It's not bad. And uh, how's the traffic, you know, because like last year when I was there, that was the first time I've ever been to, um, you know, Greeley, Colorado. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of looks like um, my place here. It's still a little, you know, I think a little country, but the, you know, the traffic is still busy. (laughs) So how is the traffic now in your area with COVID? I feel like, yeah, I feel like Greeley is really growing. Um. It's definitely nothing like San Diego. I feel like uh, when I went to San Diego, it was a lot busier than it is here. Uh-huh. Um, we are north of Denver, so we don't get as crazy of city traffic, and we are kind of um, outside of city limits. But 
I don't know. It's a small town, but we still, you know, are growing. Um, so we still kind of have our small town vibe. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a nice um, little town. I like it. I enjoyed, you know, when I was there. I enjoyed my visit with you guys. Good. Yeah. So um, th- my next question, um, Mega Media. So as far as you guys running your company and that you guys have attended our first Mega Media, so what did you guys actually learn and apply to the business that you have now? Can you tell me about it? Um, yes, we learned a lot about marketing um, at the Mega Media event, and we um, took a lot away from that, and we've used a lot from what we've learned. Um, everything is on social media nowadays, so it's all about um, you know your online presence, and uh, it's not necessarily just throwing a bunch of money at a Google ad um, and thinking that you're going to get return on that. It's just paying attention to the numbers, making sure what you're doing is working, that people are responding to what you're doing. Um, And another thing that we've learned is just kind of like the sense of community. Um, We try to get our community involved in everything that we do, but um, just basically, you know, trying to not just do our advertising, but pay attention to make sure that we are using our money wisely and that it's actually working for, for what we're doing. I agree with you on that one, uh, Michelle. I mean, I'm glad that you're paying attention to that because um, when Mike and I started the business in 01, we we want to hit the retail. So um, yeah, the retail market. So we did a lot of uh, advertising and we started first with those yellow pages. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yellow pages or I think here over here in my area, they even have Pacific Bell, you know, like those directory. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we started our, our, our advertising. But we focus on that mainly on the marketing part of it to build our retail. And then from there, we started doing, you know, like uh, digital marketing. But mm-hmm. then what I noticed about the digital marketing is that if you're not paying attention because our industry is a s- small niche of this big business that we have in United States, you know, not 100% working for our niche. The only mm-hmm. reason why I'm saying this is because I'm not a body, sh- I'm not a full body shop. I'm like, you know, my service is an alternative to a, alternative to a body shop. I can't even talk today. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I know you guys on the other hand are a full on body shop, but for me, yeah. and I know a lot of people in our industry are like, you know, me and Mike, you know, it's small. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we started, you know, so we were just a PDR shop too. And, you know, you're right. It is a special, a special a niche. Special Yep. Yep. For sure. And not just anybody that does marketing knows how to market that. So for me, yeah. So for me, it's like, you really have to be in the industry to know what our customer needs and wants in order for us to target those customers. Yes. You, somebody has to know what they're doing. Yes. Yep. Just throw in a bunch of money at it. Doesn't mean it's going to work. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's good thing you have an eye for it because you're like watching it too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, you also mentioned uh, earlier that um, I believe it was something like I told you, wow, it's I didn't know about it. You said something about hail customers and the supplemental. Can you explain like mm-hmm. in detail what is that about? This is a good information for 
Yeah. So earlier you had asked me um, something that I kind of have learned like with insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Um, Being in Colorado, we obviously get a lot of hail and we've had vehicles come in that um, they originally started their claim over a year ago and are just now getting around to getting it in the repair shop and getting it fixed. And we're uh, finding that some of the lower rate insurance companies are only giving you a year to get it into the shop and getting it repaired. So if you made your claim more than a year ago and just are now taking it into the body shop, they are not allowing you to do any kind of a supplement. So if it was severely underwritten when you originally got your hail estimate, um, unfortunately, uh, some of the insurance companies are not going to allow us to do any kind of a supplement um, to get your vehicle repaired like it should be. So lesson learned is read the fine print in your policy, um, and make sure, you know, like when you do make a claim, how much time you have, um, to get the actual repairs done. Um, what was hard around here is we had two hailstorms within a month of each other and almost the entire town was hit. And, um, there was body shops that were out for two years um, that couldn't get people in for two years. So um, a lot of those uh, customers that waited or, you know, couldn't get into a shop, um, they're being held like, you know, liable for an underwritten vehicle because the insurance company, you know, 90% of the time underwrites it. So now we can't do any kind of a supplement to get the vehicle repaired like it should be. So that is something that we've, you know, kind of learned this, this year, mm-hmm. um, that that's even a thing. And yeah, that just, you know, you got to read the fine print in your policy and make sure you have plenty of time to get, to get the repairs completed. Here's my thing. When you told me about this, I was like shocked mm-hmm. because I'm like thinking, you know, I feel, I kind of feel bad for those customers who like didn't know about mm-hmm. this information as well as probably got blindsided, right? Because they're just yeah. probably finding it out like for the first time. So my my question is, it's like no one has ever challenged the insurance by saying that, hey, this is not the customer's fault. Yeah, I mean, we definitely tried with our with our customers and their response was, well, we don't you know, we don't know if it's gotten hailed on again. And I'm like, well, you know, even if it did, they're still insured, they're still covered. You know, you guys need to take care of your of your client. But they just refused, you know, all it's in their policy. It's in their policy, you know, that they only have a year from the date of the claim to get it to get it repaired. And I think that, you know, with our area and it being hail damage, not collision, I feel like it should be treated a little bit differently. But, yeah, we've we've tried to fight um, for for our clients. And unfortunately, you know, if you go with the lower rate insurance, they mm-hmm. find any way they can to get out of paying what they should pay. Um, and that's just kind of how insurance companies are. They try to get out of paying for as much as they possibly can. So, you know. And then what about the customers? Do they actually follow up, you know, after they find out they're not going to cover it because it's over a year and then you try to um, fight for them and it didn't work. So do they actually try and fight it too, or they just basically give in? I mean, we, we all tried to fight and unfortunately they had to give in because it was in that fine print and that's the policy that they paid for and the policy that they, you know, took. But, um, 
a couple of cases that we had, you know, we just tried to to make it work with what they originally got. And, you know, we weren't able to do the complete repair um, because we had to work with what they had or, you know, they had to come out of pocket a little bit to to try to cover, you know, parts that were missed or um, uh, or just additional damage that, you know, was yeah. missed. So, yeah. So they just kind of like settled in. It's like, Yep. They feel like that. Okay. I yep. D- and now they know. Yep. And now they know how their insurance company is going to be. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of that before. Just because here in California, it doesn't hail. Not that I know right. of. Yeah. It doesn't hail. So we've, we've, you know, we've never, you know, come across with something like that. That's yep. why it's like all new to me. So at least now, I'm, you know, I'm informed. So <laughs> if I'm, yeah. let's say, traveling and then I don't even know if I have hail coverage on my insurance. I mean, because I'm in yes. California. so <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should have comprehensive coverage. I'm oh, is it, under, <laughs> is it under comprehensive? <laughs> yes, it is. It's oh. an act of nature. So, yeah, it's under your comprehensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll look into that now. <laughs> That's good to know, okay? <laughs> because I never get out of this, you know, this state anyway. And if I do, I don't, you know, run into hail. But if yes. if I ever do, then at least this information, you know, I'm informed now. I, for I know, sure, for right? Sure. And it's not every insurance company. I mean, they're, you know, like we looked into our policy when this came up and we have three years from the date of the claim to get repaired and you know, it's not every insurance company, but it seems like it's more of like the the cheaper insurance companies, you know, where you where you try to go to to save some money. And that's how they save some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking a shortcut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's misinforming the public, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel bad for those um, uh, customers or those people. Um, yeah. Anyways, hey, Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you. Actually, I appreciate you. Let me rephrase that. I appreciate you coming on twice today. You're such a trooper, girl. Anything for you, Mary. Yay. That's why I love you guys. I love you and Cole because you guys are like the coolest people that I know. I mean, there's quite a few of them, but then you guys are in one of those, you know. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so anyways, um, I think we're going to be, you know, finish here. We're done. And I'm glad that you came on the second time today. And you just cheered me up when you said, yes, I like that. I like you because you're, you're my kind of gal, you know, like, yes, Mary. Yes. <laughs> we're going to make this happen. You. There you go. You got my back, girl. Okay. I do. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll see you later. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Okay, folks. I'm actually going to end it here because it's about that time. I will see you guys in two weeks. This is Mary saying good night at Mary Unapologetic.